Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. Welcome. Uh, we're, we welcome you here and uh, hope God's going to bless you in a very special way today. And we welcome our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us and we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very comfortable and uh, a part of our family as we worship God together today. Um, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me remind you of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take, a, take that and to fill it out and, uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, check the appropriate box and give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. And especially if you would like to receive our uh, email newsletter, um, which comes out every Thursday, give us your email address so we can uh, be sure to put you on the list there. A few other things that are coming up. I know the worship folder says that we're having a missions team meeting today. We will not be having that, that uh, missions and ministry team meeting today. Uh, so uh, if you're a part of that group, don't show up here this afternoon because nobody else will be here. Uh, we're having our fall festival coming up on October the 29th. That's a Friday night. And um, it'll be immediately after the, uh, uh, the parade downtown, the trick-or-treating downtown that we that they have every year and uh, we'll just come right on out here and there'll be free chili and and games and a lot of fun uh, we do need some help before then and uh, so if you can volunteer to uh, to make some cookies or if you can volunteer to serve that night or if you can volunteer to clean up afterwards that night or you if you can uh, make some donations to 
to uh, cover some of the costs. We're going to be purchase, purchasing the uh, the chili, and so if you can make some donations to uh, cover the cost, then if you can do any and or all of those things, we would certainly appreciate it. And if you can, please see Jerry Wagner, and uh, she'll be sure to get you on the list and uh, and take care of that. Uh, some other things, uh, we will be having a new Bible study class for middle school agers uh, uh, starting next week. Tim Hall will be teaching that class next week, right, Tim? Right. Next. You want to say something about that? Uh, I'll let them sleep in late. We won't start till 10 minutes till 10. 10 minutes till 10. How about that, guys? <laughs> okay. 10 minutes till 10. I appreciate that, Tim. <laughs> So that'll be starting next week, and you will be right up here next to the, the high school group. Right up, right up next door to the high school group there. Okay, so that'll be starting next week. Also on on November the seventh, we will be having a uh, Memorial Day. I, uh, this is it's supposed to be for All Saints Day, which technically is the week before, but we won't be finished with our. Our uh, study on Beatitudes yet until uh, uh, until that day. So on our, on uh, November the seventh, we're going to be having a memorial service as we remember the saints, uh, uh, celebrating All Saints Day. Basically, a, a week late, but uh, we're still celebrating it. And we're remembering the saints, and uh, as a part of that service, we will be remembering some um, some of our loved ones who have passed on uh, recently. And uh, if you have someone that you would like to memorialize that day, uh, please let us know in the church office so we can have a list of people that we will uh, that we will memorialize. We're going to be bringing flowers forward in memory of our loved ones uh, to place in an arrangement. And um, and if you would like to have someone uh, memorialized on that day, please let us know in the church office. Also, if you could provide the date of their birth or in, and their date of their death. And uh, if you have a picture of them, we'll put their picture up on the screen uh, as we memorialize them on November the 7th as well. So you see, we have a lot of great things that are happening here, a lot of good things that are going on, um, and a lot of opportunities for worship, for fellowship, and for service. And so I hope that you can plug in uh, in any of these places that uh, that you can. We're glad you're here today. And uh, one of the things that we like to do is to express the love of God for one another. So let me invite you to stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you. Holy, 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 
Come on down, children. Good morning. How is everybody today? I didn't hear good out of everybody. Is everybody good? Good. I'm all right. Good. Well, I would like to know of all you guys, how many of you have played or been involved with upward basketball? Raise your hand. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Okay, if you haven't played, have you been to a game? Okay. How many moms and dads and grandma and grandpas and family members out here have attended and been involved in upward basketball in some way. I love upward basketball. I have two kids and my two kids were about your size when they played upward basketball. Now they're really, really, really big. And when I said something to my daughter about coming out here and sharing with you guys, she goes, Mom, you have to do the one about the Pop-Tart. So I know that she remembered the lessons that she learned from the things that she did in Upward. And my husband still carries this coin. See, this is an Upward basketball coin, and it's about praying. And every time he reaches in his pocket to get coins out and he opens it up, he knows he needs to pray more about the kids and you guys that are involved in Upward basketball. It is cool, isn't it? Okay, now I need you guys to help me out. I need you to pretend. I know this is hard, but you've got to pretend when I get this out of the bag that you've never seen one of these before, ever, and you don't know anything about what it is, okay? Are you ready? Oh, you don't know what it is. We're pretending. Okay. So, um, what do you think it could be? But you don't know, remember? What do you think this could be? Hmm, piece of cardboard, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of weird, isn't it? So do you think by looking at this, not knowing what it is, that there could be anything good on the inside of it? I mean, by looking at it, you, you don't know what it is, but do you think there could be something good on the inside? You think there is. <laughs> well, you're probably right. You're right. No candy, no candy. But look what happens when you break it. Look what is on the inside. It's, it's fruit. Fruit. And you know what God wants? God wants us to have the fruit of his spirit. See, today Dr. Tim's going to talk about blessed that are, are those that are pure in heart. Well, he wants us to have fruit in us. Not just eat fruit, but have the fruit of the spirit, the spirit that God shared. And um, there's a scripture that we used in um, Upward the whole season, and it's from Galatians. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. 
all of that that's inside of there is the fruit. It's good because it's a Pop-Tart. All Pop-Tarts are good, fruit, chocolate, whatever flavor that you get, but they're good inside. Well, God wants you to be good inside because I can't break you in half and look inside you, can I? No, that wouldn't work out so well, would it? But God knows what's inside, doesn't he? He knows what's in there, and he wants you to have the fruit of the Spirit. He wants you to have all of those things inside your heart. And he wants you to be blessed with pure heart, doesn't he? Blessed with pure heart. So um, I want you to remember this week as you go that you can't always tell, especially when you don't know somebody, what's on the inside, do you? You have to get to know them. And you can't decide that they're a bad person if you don't know what's in their heart, do you? You want you, And you don't want people to think that you're a bad person by the way you act and how you carry on. They want to know, you know, they, the only way they can see what's inside is how you act and how you treat other people. So remember that you need to be pure and you need to have the God's fruit in your spirit, right? Okay, who would like a Pop-Tart? I have plenty. No, Mark, you can't have a Pop-Tart. I don't know where you're at. Yes, you can eat them.
be seated. Hear the word of the Lord. Blessed are they, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Join me as we pray. Lord, we come today and give thanks to those who have been pure in heart, who have loved us and nurtured us. We ask for the strength and wisdom so that you can make us pure in heart and we can lead others. Bless this service in Christ's name. Amen. to love as you do make us pure of body pure of mind pure of heart that we might see God and enjoy his plan for us make us clean and help us from and heal us from the wounds of sin strengthen us each day to live the love to which you call us bless these tithes and offerings which we freely give in Christ's name amen
Wow. Isn't that It is about five six five sixteen in the afternoon. You're driving home. It's been an unusually hard day at work and not only was the workload extraordinarily heavy, but you also had a disagreement with your boss. And no matter how hard you tried, you, he would just not see your side of the situation. You're really upset, and the more you think about it, the more uptight you become. And then all of a sudden, you start to experience a severe pain in your chest that starts to radiate out into your arm and up into your jaw. You're only a, a few miles from the nearest hospital, but unfortunately you don't know if you'll be able to make it that far. What do you do? Thus begins an article which appeared a while back in the newsletter of the Rochester General Hospital. And the article gives you a course of action that you can take should you find yourself in a situation like this when you think you may be having a heart attack and you're all alone. And since many of us are vulnerable to such an attack, I thought that it might be helpful to, to share this advice with you today. So here it is. I quote, Without help, the person whose heart stops beating properly and who begins to feel faint has only about 10 seconds left before losing consciousness. However, these victims can help themselves by coughing repeatedly and vigorously. A deep breath should be taken before each cough, and the cough must be deep and prolonged. A breath and a cough must be repeated about every two seconds without let-up until help arrives or until the heart is felt to be beating normally again. Deep breaths get oxygen into the lungs, and coughing squeezes the heart, which keeps the blood circulating. And the squeezing pressure on the heart also helps it to regain its normal, normal rhythm. So in this way, a heart attack victim can get to a phone and between breaths call for help. So if you're having a heart attack, start coughing for all your worth. You know, we all want to take care of our hearts, don't we? And our, our heart is truly an amazing organ. It only weighs about 12 ounces, but if the heart beats at 72 beats per minute, which is about average, it pumps about 45 pounds of blood through itself every minute. 2,700 pounds of blood per hour and 32.4 Tons of blood every day. And every 30 seconds or so, all of the blood in the body passes through the heart. It has the grip that is much stronger than one's fist, and the two ventricles of the heart holds an average of about 10 ounces of blood, which is pumped out at each beat. The heart does about one-fifth of the mechanical work of the entire body and exerts enough energy every hour to lift its own weight about 13,000 feet up into the air. So you see, the heart is truly an amazing organ. But it can have its problems, can't it? 
Often when I visit someone in the hospital, it's because their, their heart is not beating properly and it's causing a major issue with someone's health. In fact, the American Heart Association reports that more than 58 million Americans suffer from some form of heart disease. Coronary heart disease is the single leading cause of death in the United States, and every 29 seconds, someone in this country will suffer from a heart-related incident, and every minute, someone will die from heart disease. And our emotions, as well as our, our lifestyle, can have an effect on, on our hearts. I mean, how else could you explain the fact that 20% more people have fatal heart attacks on Monday morning than on any other day of the week? So if you, if you find yourself saying, my job is killing me, you may be speaking the truth there. Our emotions can affect our well-being, and including the state of our heart, which, which brings us to our beatitude for today. And that beatitude says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, this beatitude is telling us that if you want to live a blessed life, if you want to live a happy life, then you need to have a pure heart. For you see, those who have a pure heart are in such a relationship with God that God is very real to them, as if God is right beside them. But what does it mean to have a pure heart? Well, there's another passage, a beautiful passage of Scripture that talks about the importance of a pure heart. It's found in Psalm 51, and it says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What a beautiful verse of Scripture that is. But the psalmist, in, in saying this and writing this, is, is not praying that God will give him a, a, a heart transplant at least not literally. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's not, it's not usually referring to that physical organ that pumps blood throughout our bodies. Rather, when the, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's usually talking about that place within us where our emotions reside. Because, you see, those emotions can be very powerful to us. In some respect, our emotions can, e can be even more powerful than our physical bodies and, and much, much more powerful than our logical minds. Father Anthony DeMello once said that people mistakenly assume that their thinking is done by their head, but it is actually done more by their hearts. For the most part, he says, the heart first dictates the conclusion and then commands the head to provide the reasoning that will defend it. And that's often true, isn't it? You know, we think we're reasonable people and we think that we weigh the pros and cons and we make rational decisions about things. But you know what? If that were really true, then none of us would ever snap at anyone else, would we? Or demean another person or sabotage important relationships or, or do things that we know are, are self-destructive. But here's the truth. Our emotions are very powerful things. And that's why we so often do illogical things. Thomas Beecher had a clock on the wall of his church that consistently ran slow. And 
So Pastor Beecher hung a sign above his clock that said, Don't blame my hands, the trouble lies deeper. Well, you know, that's very profound, isn't it? The problem is rarely with our hands or our feet or even with our tongues. The trouble lies deeper within us. For you see, the problem is often with our heart. King David of Israel did a very stupid thing. In fact, he did a series of stupid things. First of all, he got involved with a woman who was married to another man. You ever heard of someone doing something like that? I mean, think about this. David, the king of Israel, David could marry as many women as he wanted. Polygamy was standard fare in those days. In fact, he did marry quite a few women and he had concubines. He was the king for goodness sakes. And it was, it was expected of him. And there were many beautiful single women in his kingdom. So, so couldn't he see the difficulty that he was bringing upon himself by going after somebody else's wife? Especially the wife of one of his most loyal soldiers. And so the cover-up began. First of all, he lied about it. And then he did, did something even worse than that. He had the woman's husband killed in battle. You know, if there's, if there's one thing that we can learn from the sad example of some of our politicians and other public figures... It is that the consequences of the cover-up are usually worse than the consequence of the action itself, the deed itself. But you know something? Our emotions are very powerful things, and, and sometimes they can be downright overwhelming. Now, would it surprise you that it was King David who wrote this beautiful psalm that we read from just a few moments ago? Have mercy on me, O God, he says. According to your unfailing love, have mercy on me. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. And then in just a few more verses after that, we read this, the sincere plea. As David says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain it. Wow. How powerful that is. David knew that what he had done was wrong and, and he had let his heart overrule his brain and, and his values. He had let his heart damage his relationships with those around him. And even more importantly, he had let his heart damage his relationship with God. And so now he prays for a new heart. And folks, I just wonder if that's what some of us need to do today. 
Maybe that's what some of us need to do this morning. Maybe we need a new heart this morning. We may have hearts that are filled with with anger. We may have hearts that are filled with resentment or or jealousy or or guilt or a host of other negative emotions and and they've taken their toll on us. We may no longer feel the joy of our salvation. We may feel that God is very far away from us rather than right beside us and 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 we all all of us feel all we feel is this this deep emptiness within us and and we know we know somewhere within us that we need to forgive or we need to let go of that hurt or we need to let go of that sin or that pride or that resentment or whatever whatever else it may be that's holding us back from experiencing the blessings of God and but our hearts won't let us And that's why Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that's why King David said, O Lord, create within me a pure heart. I'll bet there's someone in this congregation today who needs to pray that prayer right now. And some may be wondering, is it even possible to get a new heart? Is it really possible to reprogram our emotions and to get rid of all of those negative, hurtful feelings that sometimes well up within us? Is it possible to get rid of that guilt and that greed and the lust and the loathing and the fear that hinders us at every turn and prevents us from the blessed, happy life that God wants us to live? Well... It's not easy to change our hearts. And I think we need to confess that right now. It is not easy to confess our to uh, change our hearts. Some people would even say it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible to change our hearts, but I will say that it is really really hard. Have you ever tried to do something simple like lose weight for example? You know, some of us, for some of us, we try and and it's a a major big deal. And some of us try and try and try and, and nothing seems to work. But let's go even deeper than that. Deep within our souls and and try to extract those emotions that have been building up within us since the day we were born. Even the best psychiatrists and psychologists have a hard time doing that. And there are prescriptions that can help us with some problems, but they generally only get at the symptoms and not the deep conflict going on within us. Folks, we need, we need to understand that our emotions do not develop overnight. And usually they do not change overnight either. They are the product of, of years of conditioning and they will not dissipate in a flash. And whatever it was that drove David to lust after another man's wife was probably not something that suddenly sprang forth on the day that he saw her bathing on that rooftop. No. It was something that had probably been there perhaps since he was a a child. As a matter of fact, in in verse 5 of that psalm, he tells us, Surely I was sinful at birth, 
sinful from the time of my, uh, that my mother conceived me. And that's true. Our emotions, positive or negative, are deeply rooted within us, and they will not surrender easily. My friends, each of us had, uh, developed needs when we were only infants or small children, and, and they're still speaking to us today from deep within our subconscious. And, and, and sometimes those needs are playing havoc with our lives. And think about it. Even, the, even that greatest of all the saints, the Apostle Paul, wrote this in Romans 7. He said, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see a different law at work in my body, making me captive to the law of sin that is at work in my body. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Paul is speaking about the very thing that I'm talking about this morning. He's saying that he cannot control his heart. He cannot control his emotions. He cannot control his sinful nature. And folks, if that's true of the Apostle Paul, then how much true could it be said of you and of me? So what's our hope? What is our hope? Is there any hope for us to, to truly change our heart? Is there any hope for us to live that blessed, happy life that God wants us to live? Is there any hope that we should someday have a pure heart and see God? Well, I have to say to you that I know of no way that authentic change can take place in a person's heart except by the power and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Medicine can help sometimes. And having someone to help you talk through your problems can help sometimes. And I encourage you, if you're struggling with some aspect of your life that's dragging you down, then please talk to your doctor about it or find a counselor who can help you. But there are some problems that simply do not respond either to medication or to psychological counseling. And that's why groups that are so successful at helping people really change, groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, that's why they begin by acknowledging that they can't do it on their own. They can't do it by themselves. Instead, they depend upon a higher power. And I personally know of no other way to truly gain a new heart, a pure heart, than by the intervention of that higher power. God can help you have a pure heart. Bible scholar William Barclay tells a story of a man who was given a new heart. His name was Tokichi Ishii. It seems that Ishii was a, a Japanese criminal with an unparalleled record of brutal crime. He had murdered men and women and even children. And at last he was caught, he was thrown into prison, and, and while he was in prison, he was like a, a caged tiger. He was once visited by two women who tried to speak with him through the bars, and he simply glared at them like a, a vicious animal. Well, they, they left him a Bible. 
And wonder of wonders, he began to read it. And, and as he got into it, he couldn't stop reading it. And he read on and on. And eventually he came to the, to the story of the crucifixion. And it was the words of Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was those words that broke him. I stopped, he said. I was stabbed to the heart as if pierced with a a five-inch nail. Shall I call it the love of Christ? Shall I call it compassion? I don't know what to call it. I only know that I believed and my hardness of heart was changed. Later, when the jailer came to, to lead him to the scaffold where he was to be executed... He found not the surly brute that he had expected to find, but instead he found a a radiant man full of joy and love. For you see, Tokichi Ishii, the murderer, had been born again. Now you nor I have ever committed murder, at least not to my knowledge. Unless you count Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount that if you harbor anger against a brother or sister, you are committing murder within your heart. But even if, if we have not lunged forward in a violent act, it does not mean that we do not need to cry out for a pure heart. Because you see, we all have our sins. And we all have our hurts and our fears. And we all have our regrets And we know what Paul meant when he wrote those words. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? In other words, who will give me a pure, clean, new heart? Well, the Apostle Paul goes on to answer his own question. And here's what he said. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's who can give you the new heart. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Have you come to this place today seeking a new, pure heart? Well, like David, you've come to the right place. And and so perhaps it will help if you will pray that prayer along with David. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 492. Pure in heart, O God. There may be someone here today who needs to respond in some way to the prompting of God's Holy Spirit in your life. Perhaps you've never made that commitment to Christ and you would like to do that this morning. We invite you to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. Because it is only Christ that can truly change the heart within you. Perhaps you're looking for a church home and would like to unite with Community Baptist Church as we seek to be the people of God in this place. We invite you to do that. Or maybe maybe you've been dealing with some issues in your life and you just need a time of prayer. I would love to pray with you.
I would love to be here and to pray with you. And, and, um, and, and if there's anything in your heart today that you need to deal with, we pray that you'll do that. As we sing together, number 492, Pure in Heart, O God, would you come? Be seated for just one moment. <clears throat> it's my joy to present a couple of young ladies here who uh, have come to unite with our church this morning. And uh, for most of you, you don't uh, need an introduction, but I'll introduce you anyway. Uh, this is Barbara Pugh, and uh, she is uh, Sue's daughter and is here often and, uh, and is pretty much relocating here. Uh, um, and so she has come to unite with our church and also Billy Wilson, uh, who has been a part of our church for, for a while now, and she's come to make it official. Both of them have come to make it official by transferring their membership here to Community Baptist Church. And so I hope that you will join me in welcoming them into our fellowship by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 We are glad that you are uh, officially with us today and and have made it official, and we're looking forward to the ministry that you have for us as we minister to you as well, because that's the way we do it here. We're family, and we minister to one another, and we take care of each other. So we're, we're happy for you, and we're happy that you're a part of us, both of you. So I know you'll want to come by and uh, greet them after the worship service, extend the right hand of Christian fellowship, and share the joy uh, that you have with their, uh, their moving their membership here. Let's stand for our benediction. Oh God, we have come before you confessing our need of inner cleansing. We have come come asking you to search us and to try us and to see if there is any wicked way within us. And we have come with repentance in our hearts. We have come pleading with you to purify our desires to 
forgive our fallenness and to restore the joy of our salvation. And this you have done, O God. And so now as we leave this place, let us be assured of your presence with us and your power that we may be witnesses to the world of your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Blessings to God.